Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 633. Well, it's just very simple, really, and that is the more you put into life, the more you get out of it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Anna Louise Felstead, otherwise known as AL to all our good friends. So, AL, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I absolutely am. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> good to meet you, too. We're talking with uh, Anna Louise all the way from London today, so pretty darn cool. Anna Louise Felstead, or AL as her friends call her, is a fine artist who lives in London. She graduated from the Royal College of Art, having received her first class honors from Central St. Martins. She is regarded as a reportage artist, as her work is often created on location. While she paints a wide variety of subjects, many of her pieces are transportation related, including modern race cars. In 2005, she was commissioned by the Ministry of Defense to paint their aircraft carriers. Harrier jump jets and helicopters. You've seen her in the pits at Laguna Seca during the historic races, on the lawn at Pebble Beach, at the Nürburgring, Goodwood, Monza, and Spa. I discovered AL on the lawn at this past summer's Pebble Beach Concord Elegance, where she was painting some of the spectacular automobiles that were on display. So AL, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career in art and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Okay, so um, basically, as you said, I um, went to art, art school. When I was quite young, I knew that I wanted to be an artist. Um, my father used to come back from work with these great big diaries, and they'd be completely blank pages, and I would just spend hours filling them up with drawings of basically images from my imagination. I went to a school in London, where, which was quite academic, and I think my parents soon realized that I was not, it wasn't great for my more artistic skills. It mm -hmm. was sort of very into maths and science and that kind of thing, and wow. I absolutely loved to draw. I was sent to a school in um, East Sussex and I just remember so clearly the headmaster showing me around on a Saturday morning with this huge bunch of keys that just took us into this art room and it was amazing. It had balsa wood aeroplanes hanging from the ceiling and paintings everywhere and sculptures and there was a CDT sort of design technology department and there was a ceramics area for pottery and it just my eyes lit up and I just remember from a very young age just thinking this is what I want to do. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, uh, we took my son to 
RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, when he was looking for a college to go to. And I think the exact same thing happened to him there. Uh, he just walked yeah. around and said, oh, this is where I need to be. He just recently graduated yeah. and uh, had a wonderful time there, a creative background. He was an industrial design major, but uh, I understand exactly what it's like. I went to art school myself when I was young, so mm. I get it. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, A.L., take the wheel. Well, it's just very simple, really, and that is the more you put into life, the more you get out of it. And it was something that my headmaster said to me when I was at school in an assembly years and years ago. He said it to the whole school, and it just resonated with me, and I just have always tried to live by that idea. You know, so sometimes when I haven't been very, you know, inspired to do something or I've been a bit tired or, you know, there's something in the back of my head that says, you know, have an early night or don't do that today. I, I tend to try and force myself to do something because so many opportunities come out of situations sometimes when you're least expecting it. And so I find that, that even if it's exhibitions or the more, even if it could be just parties I go to, you know, the, the, the more stuff that I do, it just tends to always lead somewhere. And I find that quite exciting about life. Well, I would imagine since you are out in the field creating a lot of your art, that's where some of that mantra, that quote comes from, because to sit in a studio and paint based off memory or photographs or sketches is one thing. But to sit on a concourse field surrounded by people, all those distractions, but then sitting in front of a vehicle, is that why you like to do a lot of this on-site art creation that you do? Yes. I mean, when I was at the Royal College of Art, a lot of my contemporaries would all be very good at either doing photography or they'd be great at sitting in their little studios painting fantastic paintings from their imagination. And I was always actually quite envious of that because, you know, I, I couldn't do that. It didn't really, I didn't have these amazing ideas. I was never great at book illustration, having to use my imagination. I loved to draw things that were in front of me. Mm. And so I soon realized that, you know, I'd go and sit in um, hairdressing salons around Farringdon where I spent my first year at college at St. Martin's or then I went to dental surgeries and sat painting dentists, sort of cleaning people's teeth and <laughs> you know, just random places. And, you know, often I didn't really want to do that. It was much more cozy to listen to Radio 4 in my studio and paint from my imagination. But actually, I realized that I had to get out. And, and the good thing about that was obviously you meet people. Right. Um, and that I find very inspiring as well. And the thing about my work is that, yes, I do often paint from photographs because I have clients all over the world that have pictures you know that they want a painting of their car and I can't you know, necessarily fly to Australia for a commission but sure. you know they sent me photographs and over the years I can do that and that's fine but I I've always loved painting what's in front of me because it's not just an image you're not getting a flat image and I'm sure you understand that as a designer you're getting you know a 3D shape in front of you and you're getting the sounds and the smells and the energy that that goes on around that you know at pebble beach you've got hundreds of thousands of you know people it seems wandering around and bumping into you and asking you questions and you know suddenly i'm doing a painting and a very glamorous woman will walk past in a hat and even though it takes seconds for her to walk by she's captured in my memory and so i'll add her to the painting ah. and, you know so i'm constantly seeing things and editing in my mind without necessarily realizing it but it just makes that whole painting to me seem a lot more energetic and has a more of a vibrancy to it brilliant well, you paint a lot of different things, a lot of different subject matters. But of course, today we're talking on cars, yeah. So we're going to focus on cars. So would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I get a flavor here based on your artwork that you're a little bit of a car gal. So is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you liked automobiles? 
Um, my grandfather used to have some very cool cars when I was growing up. I remember mm. he had Cadillacs and um, Rolls Royces, and, and I was a very young kid. I used to sit in the back of one of his Bentleys, and it had the um, those little oh, I, don't, I don't know what you call them. You know, sitting in the back seat, and those little tray tables come down. Oh, I used yes, to feel like yeah. I was, you know, I remember that from quite a young age. But yeah. I have to say, there was no one in my family that was particularly interested in in um, motorsport or you know any anything of that that world. Really, it was it was really started when I was at college. I um. I was fascinated, as I said, by painting on location. I got myself on board an aircraft carrier and spent some time painting um, for the Royal Navy, which you mentioned. Yes. And it was doing this for a while that I, you know, it was great fun and it was fantastic to be, you know, flown onto these ships by seeking helicopters and things. But I soon realized that it was quite difficult to make a living from, from doing this. And it wasn't really my idea it was a friend of mine that happens to be um, a historic racing driver he um, races other people's cars and he said to me hey oh, you've got to come to monaco grand prix historic it's fantastic you'll get so much you know so much inspiration there and there are so many cars and and i was like yeah 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 you know this guy's just trying to impress me with his racing <laughs> he sent me all these photos on email of him racing these you know historic cars yeah. anyway forward maybe three or four years a friend of my brother's invited me to the monaco grand prix but he said listen you can come with me, I'll pay your expenses as long as you donate a painting to um, exhibit that I can sell ah. for charity. So uh-huh. I called my friend James back in London. I was like, oh my God, I've been invited to the Formula One Grand Prix in Monaco. I'm so excited. I'm going to paint all the cars. I'm going to paint all the teams. And he just called me back and laughed and said, there's no way you're going to get close to any of the F1 cars. The the security is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to get access. He said, I keep telling you, come to the historic, which is two weeks before. So I really couldn't afford to go at the time. I was completely broke. I, you know, I was struggling to make ends meet. And I just thought, you know what? That's what credit cards are for. And again, <laughs> the more you put into life, the more you get out of it. I paid for my flight. Thankfully, he let me stay with him. Yeah. And um, with a few introductions, I was just sitting in the pit, you know, in the paddock painting. I think it, the first car I painted was a BRM. And um, this guy came up to me and said, oh, you just painted my car. You know how much? And I told him. And he said, OK, I'll, I'll have that. Thank you. And, and that literally paid for my flights and my you know, expenses. And then suddenly the next thing is I'm tapped on my other shoulder saying, oh, can you paint my Formula Junior Stanguilini when you finish painting that? So I did mm. that. And then someone else asked me to, you know, so that's how it started. And yeah. the next thing is I'm finding myself going to Monza. I'd never even heard of Monza. And I think I've sold about eight paintings that weekend. And then someone said, right, what about Spa? What about Goodwill? What about Monaco? You know, all these different places that I, you know, didn't know anything anything about and so wow. that's where it started what was cool about that is just obviously the people that you meet I mean it's, there's just such a passion particularly for the historics because I have actually done some stuff with F1 as well now and although that's completely a different vibe it's hugely thrilling and exciting and yeah. you know so current that the historics is just it's like a huge family and it's quite a small world once you get into it and you know I, I had mechanics sort of nodding their heads and saying hi to me and I you know I didn't know who all these people were but I guess being a girl and painting in the pits is something that's quite unusual. Uh, yeah, very unusual. <laughs> yeah. They were so friendly and just started teaching me about the cars. And, you know, I'd be painting something and, you know, the owner or a mechanic or, you know, just an enthusiast would you know, stand and over and talk to me as I was painting, telling me the history, telling me about the engine sizes and, you know, the, where it won and who used to drive the cars. And that to me just became just so wonderful it's just a part of my life that i don't ever want to to end really well what's really great about this is it goes back to your comments about your mantra in life and there again is a great example of taking those chances going to new places seeing new things and who would have thought that it would have led to all these other opportunities so a great lesson for everybody out there for sure well al what i want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. The really most important part of this, though, has to do with 
How did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you so that you can move forward? Uh, This is a tricky question. (laughs) I've always been very fortunate in life that when I've put my mind to something, I'm pretty determined. I guess something that I struggled with when I was at Brighton College of Technology, I had um, one of the guys from Central St. Martins come and interview the students for places at St. Martins and I was desperate to go and um, he interviewed me and we had a great chat and he wasn't asking me to questions that were too hard or anything and I showed him my work and um, at the time he said to my tutors at Brighton I was like you know have I got in have I got in he's like yes you have got in I was so excited my tutor at Brighton said he actually wasn't that bothered about your work he just really liked you as a person Mm. and I was so offended by that at the time because (laughs) I I was like what's wrong with my work yeah I don't understand right anyway so I went to St Martin's and I guess there was a lot of you know competition but I guess that sort of made me really focus on on doing well and getting my first that was my main goal in my head right and then I went to the RCA and I, again I had a really chatty fun interview with with a bunch of people who were you know the tutors there mm. and again I got into the RCA which was a huge achievement I was so happy to get into it but at the end of my course I was doing a, a, a series of dancing illustrations so I'd been to all these tea dances and Um, ballet classes and I was painting children as young as three or four in ballet classes to sort of people in their 80s going to tea dances and I had an exhibition very simple line drawings of people dancing at my exhibition and a lot of my other you know students were doing really cool um sort of edgy stuff not all not all of it that I understood but anyway I remember the head of my course coming up to me at the end of it and putting his hand on my shoulder and looking at my work and saying you're going to have a very successful career painting people's children and pets (laughs) and again it was just like (laughs) really wow okay so that again it shouldn't be something that's offensive, but to me, I just thought I, there's more to life than right. painting children. No, I understand. And, and yeah, well, I could see how that could be perceived as a bit demeaning as, uh, oh, you're going to pigeonhole me into that. Um, I'm yeah, much more I mean, than that. I understand. I love people and I love putting myself in unusual environments. And I mean, hey, what n- normal person, I guess, you know, would one minute be painting backstage at London Fashion Week and then being on a Harrier jump jet and having a flight there, which was incredible. And right. then, you know, I've, I've actually had, I've actually raced cars, you know, through my contacts in the, in the motor oh, world. You know, I've very raced, cool. raced Monza, I've raced at Silverstone. I've done the Monte Carlo Rally twice. I've done the Tour Auto once. You know, it's just amazing experiences that I wouldn't have got had I gone into sales or something. Right, you know? and right. Weirdly, that's actually something I wanted to do. I was working for a company immediately out of college, and I really wanted to get a job as them. Um, I think it was in marketing or sales. I can't remember, but... Mm-hmm. I didn't get the job and the head of HR said, you're not experienced enough. And, and the guy that was putting me up for the job, who would have been my team leader, was like, well, that's the whole point. We want someone who we want to train up. But again, that's something else. I was like, oh, my God, I really wanted that job. But of course, it was amazing that I didn't get the job because then I was forced to go out and paint and make a living from my painting. So <laughs> I like that. Well, that that's a good, yeah, that's a good segue into this next question. And I always ask all my guests about a what I call an aha moment in their career, a, a really defining moment where you decided to take a path down another way that really defined what you're doing. Is there one of those in your past that you, that you can share with us that stands out, that career aha moment? Well, when I, as I said just before, when I was just out of college, I just didn't have the the confidence to make money out of painting you know I was doing things like these little dances which are cute and everything but you know it wasn't 
some mums bought them, some didn't. You know, I just and I was doing other things as well. Like, who's going to want to buy a picture of someone having their teeth fixed in the dental surgery? So I was struggling a bit with that. Yeah. So I was working at Reed Exhibitions in Richmond, and um, I met an artist who said, "Come on, you should be doing some painting in the evenings. You know, you're just doing this, you're going down this sort of sales marketing path." So um, I used to paint with him in the evenings, and I would start to sell a little bit. You know, we had a couple of exhibitions, and I sold stuff, and but it was just that terrifying moment of wanting to break away and do it full time but just not having that that confidence sure. and I met someone one evening who um we um we went out for drinks and he was like listen you've just got to do it you know you've just you've just got to make the, take the plunge and just go for it and I was like I don't know how, how am I going to afford my rent how am I going to be able to pay for stuff and he was like it's just gonna just you've got to trust you just got to believe in the universe and you know so <laughs> I remember so clearly deciding to quit my my job and it was only part-time anyway it was just that sort of crux and you know if I didn't sell stuff I'd still have this little income from I think two or three days a week and I remember so clearly handing in my notice and being absolutely terrified and my friend taking me out in Mayfair for a glass of champagne in a, in a, in a little cafe somewhere and just thinking right this is it and I think it was um a few weeks later I was just so nervous. I didn't have any money coming in and oh, I just didn't I just didn't know how I was going to pay my bills and I just thought I I know I'm just I like painting people. I like painting on location. I'm just going to go to a really really expensive restaurant and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a painting and who knows someone might buy it. And I could you know I I called up Cipriani in Mayfair and I and I got permission from the PR team to turn up that evening. And it was late. I didn't want to go and I just thought I just I'm just who knows it, it might just happen and I went along and I sat down I ordered a glass of wine and I did this painting and this someone came up to me and said, "Oh, you just painted my wife. How much for that?" And I was able to pay my rent a month. So <laughs> it, again it was just taking yeah, it was just taking a chance really. Yeah, but there I you go. say I, I think there's a lot of yeah, I don't know luck I think if you put yourself out there, you tend to be rewarded. Well, I think, yeah, luck is luck, but I'm not a big believer in luck. I think you did what your friend suggested. You just put yourself out there. You took a chance, a very bold chance, and many people would go, well, that wasn't very calculated, but it really was. So, And there you go. It worked. Well, it ended up being an exhibition of glamorous London restaurants that I had in 2006, and it was sponsored by Zoomer and you know various other companies. Boom. Was, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it, yeah it worked. <laughs> Yeah, it did work. Marketing at its best. Now, how about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. You've been able to do so many really interesting things and go to so many very cool places. But is there one moment that stands out for you? Um, having an exhibition, an exhibition at the Le Mans Museum was pretty cool. Mm. I was invited to hang my paintings in there, which was which was just lovely just to see all the, the cars parked there and my paintings around it. But also just the people that I've met, you know, having clients like dr wolfgang porsche who came up to me at pebble i sent you a photograph of us yes, together and very cool he was just you know I'm, I'm chatting to frank stevenson the mclaren designer and i'm just aware that this guy standing behind me and i don't want to be rude to frank and sort of cut him off but i'm also aware that i don't want to be rude to this person who's sort of wanting to talk to me and it turned out to be wolfgang and <laughs> wow you know he, he yeah it was pretty cool and he was like can you please paint my ostradama when you finished it turns out that ernst pieck had um had bought some stuff from me as well without me realizing so yeah that's that kind of makes me proud that people who are you know who've been doing this for years and it's sort of in their family recognize what i do and enjoy my work yes well deserved for sure well let's have a little bit of fun here let's talk about a car that maybe you've owned is there a first car in your life that you've had that was really special to you yeah, but it was totally unglamorous. That's it was okay. My grandmother's. Oh, it was a Ford Fiesta. That's right. Oh, okay. A little silver Ford Fiesta that yep. was my grandmother used to have, and it had a choke that you had to pull out. Uh huh. Um, but it went like the clappers, and I loved it. And my brother, 
as soon as he passed his test, it was given to him and he wrote it off on the second day on a corner. So oh. that was the end of that. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I, I love my cars. I love driving. Very cool. Well, is there a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you still had? Oh, nothing. Again, nothing too glamorous. I mean, I, I'm a bit practical. I need to put big paintings in the back of my car. So I tend ah. to go for something with, with a big boot or trunk, as you. As we call it over here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I had an Audi. I'm, I love my Audis. And I sold that when I went to New York. I didn't really need a car in New York. Right. Um, so, yeah. But I would love to own a classic Alfa Romeo. That would be ah, a dream. Okay. Well, not, not yet. very fitting. I'm wearing a sweatshirt today that says Alfa Romeo on it. So I wore the right shirt for you today. No, well, the problem is I can't fix it. That's the thing. So yeah, I think it's unwise to have a classic car that you can't fix yourself. Well, yeah, it certainly helps because they can be very expensive. I have, I've had plenty, so I understand. Well, how about today and tomorrow? I'd love for you to share with us what really has you excited right now that you're working on? Something has you really fired up for the future? God, there are quite a few things, actually. I've had um, a few commissions that I'm very excited about. Standard things, really. I, I went on a supercar rally this year um, through the Pyrenees, and it's called Supercar GB. And I was lucky enough to be invited by a girlfriend, and I was marshalling in very loose terms. Basically, I helped her out a little bit. But one of the drivers turned up without um, without his partner. Unfortunately, she couldn't come. So I had to be his navigator in his Ferrari 330, which was, you know, so Ooh. hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, that was tough. So um, I'm doing a painting for him. He's got a pre-war Aston Martin, and I'm painting that for him in front of Casino Square, which is going to be quite exciting. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing – I've just done a big job for Maserati. They had the launch of their new Levante, Mm -hmm. and uh, they asked me to go to their launch event in London where I had to paint a six-meter by two-meter canvas of the new Levante, just a a silhouette of it, driving through the city of London. So I had to paint this thing when I think it was – three hours three and a half hours so that was quite exciting so I'm, I'm hoping to do more projects like that I've just come back from Monaco where I had an exhibition of my work and I did a live painting and Prince Albert of Monaco came along and we chatted and that oh was really cool to him. yeah and actually I commissioned to do a painting of him and his wife um oh, so that's wow. quite cool because they're both Olympians so <laughs> yeah I'm doing a portrait of them both so that should be quite interesting AL you are everywhere I mean this is uh so exciting just Think about these steps you've taken and where they've led you in your path with your career in art. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question. Now, originally, this question was posed to me by a past guest, a fellow Brit, Harold Cleworth, who's an artist who's been painting cars his whole life. Uh, He moved to the United States from Great Britain, and uh, he's the one that gave me the idea for this question. So if it's a little odd or different, it's his fault, not mine, okay? Okay. If you were a car, what kind of car would AL be and why? Um, When I was younger, (laughs) my mother really upset me because there are three of us. My brother is 17 months younger, and I've got a sister who's 10 years younger, and um, we used to play this game. And I remember my mother saying that she'd be something like – a Mercedes or a, you know something cool and sporty like that and that my father would be a Range Rover because he was solid and mm-hmm. you know, reliable and my sister who was naughty and beautiful and glamorous and you know just bad basically she would be a Lotus Elise or something like that <laughs> and my brother was going to be a Wrangler because he was a snowboarder and he was really cool and I remember saying to my mum mummy what car would I be what do you think she said darling you'd be a Saab Ooh. and I was so offended oh, ouch. I was so offended Mom. I know and, uh, yeah, I've never actually properly forgiven her. It's actually a bit of a family <laughs> joke now. I was like, why am I a star? She said, because you're just sensible and you're reliable and you're safe. And, like, you say you're going to do something, you do it. And, yeah, I was 
seriously pissed off with her for that. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I bit of an alpha girl, I have to say. I was lucky enough through a client who's become a very close friend. Um, who I mentioned earlier mate, allowed me to race his cars and wow. kind of rally with him. And well, I, I had a navigator, a female navigator friend, but I followed him, and he organised for me to do the tour auto with him in an Alpha TZ1. So. I'm a huge Alfa Romeo fan, and I think one of my favorite cars is an Alfa Romeo 33 Tipo Stradale. I probably Ooh. pronounced that correctly. Oh, yes. Um, but, yeah, I just love that. It's curvaceous, and it's just, oh, I just <laughs> love it. And I guess you know, I'm not a stick-thin sort of person, so, yeah, I, I'm a bit curvy, so I guess I'd be that car. <laughs> Brilliant answer. I like that. Very well thought. That's pretty funny that your family used to play that game as well. Sounds like they all yeah, evil. they all they understand evil. it. All the cool cars. I was the boring one. Although the... I have to say I quite like subs now, which is a bit random, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, AL up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, AL, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Take a line. Take a line. Oh, on the track. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Great answer. Boring, but yeah, no, sorry. It works. It works. I, I raced vintage cars for 12 years. I understand. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over time? Always saying yes. Mm, yep. Goes back to that original mantra. Perfect. Now, how about a resource? I know there are a lot of great resources out there, but is there are there one or two that you really like that you'd like to share? So when I was at college, I was lucky enough to meet a photographer called Tom Stoddart, and he's pretty famous, actually. He covered a lot of the, the war zones, and um, he was a real mentor to me. And I remember him always saying to me when I was sort of struggling, I was just out of college, and we used to have dinner, and he'd just say to me, you've got to find a niche, you know, find your niche and get good at it. You know, you can't be good at everything, just just do one thing. So I was quite lucky to do my cars, I guess, <laughs> find my car niche. 
Yeah, great advice from a great photographer, too. So mm. so how about a book? Is there a book that you've read in the past that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy reading as well? I tend to just look through my favorite artists. I ah. have lots of books of painters that I like, and I find that they inspire me, even if it's even if I've got a car commission <clears throat> like I have at the moment and I'm struggling a little bit with the composition or just the style that I want to achieve, mm -hmm. I just go back to my, my favorite painters. Even if it's online, I go and I just check out Raoul Dufy or Howard Hodgkin or I don't know, there are so many and I just just helps feed me. Yeah, I understand. Absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources AL's been so kind to share today on her very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash a, actually, we'll say Anna Louise Felstead uh, will be listed there as your show notes page, A-N-N-A hyphen L-O-U-I-S-E. And Anna Louise's last name is Felstead, F-E-L-S-T-E-A-D. That'll help people find you better out there on the Internet. And, of course, we'll have links to your website as well. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. I kind of think I know how you might answer it, but lots of times people surprise me. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage. This is something that I want you to enjoy. You can't sell it and buy a bunch of other stuff with it. You need to keep it and take care of it and be your pride and joy. But money is no object. I'll buy you any car in the world today. What would that vehicle be and why? I think it would have to be the Alfa Romeo TZ1. I mentioned I was lucky enough to do um, the Tour Auto in 2010 with my friend Jason Wright. And he did all the special stages, but he allowed me to do all the road racing, mm. which was just incredible. I remember one time having a Ferrari 275 behind me and a GT40 in front of me, and I was in the middle. Then we would oh overtake gosh. each other, and it was through these French roads, and we were probably, well, I know we were breaking the speed limit, but luckily we didn't get caught on that occasion. <laughs> but it was just the most amazing experience and i just think that is such a sexy looking car oh man and, uh, yes it handled like a dream I, I think all alphas actually all the alphas i've driven handle like a dream so yeah that's my answer you realize how fortunate you were to do that don't you i do yes. oh my gosh that sounds like a dream come true the amount of people that offer when i when i sort of say on facebook that i'm off somewhere or there's a picture of me painting something at an event that like do you need me to come and carry your pace? Yeah, I'll carry your brushes for yeah, I, you. <laughs> I know. I know I'm very fortunate and I, I'm very thankful. And yeah. uh, Yes, very nice. Wow, what a wonderful car. Oh, I'm so happy to find that for you. What color would you like yours to be in? Red. Red, of course. There you go. Great Italian color. Well, AL, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your artwork and, and some fantastic stories you've shared with us. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off into the French Alps and that Alfa Romeo TZ1? Oh, God, I think I've kind of already done it. Like, just be open to opportunities, even if you don't want to go. Even if there's a party that you don't want to go to because you're tired, just, just go. You just don't know who you're going to meet or what opportunities are going to come out of it or friendships that are going to arise or yeah just yep. i just think say yes say yes very simple what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing and follow you i'm on instagram or twitter my address for both is at al felstead um, and on facebook as well i have a car page um awesome. car art so yeah great awesome well listeners you can find links to 
All these connections on AL's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type in Anna-Louise and you'll find her page right there with links to everything. I encourage you to follow what she's doing. Check out her artwork. You're going to love it as much as I do. I'm so happy that I ran into you on the lawn at Pebble Beach and a fellow friend, a gentleman you painted a car, one of his cars of, uh, Greg Witten is the guy who connected us, which I think is pretty cool too. I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible experience experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!